Hey there, Crimaholics. It is your host, Kenzie. I am back this week with a brand new episode. On this episode of Crimaholics, I will be discussing with you the murder of Evelyn May Boswell. Back in either June or July, I can't remember for certain because it has been such a long time, I had gotten the opportunity to go out to Bluntville, Tennessee, which is just about an hour and a half east of me, to meet with those who are closest to Evelyn, get to learn a little more about her case, and get to go around the town where everything had taken place. My original thought was to wait until Megan's trial later this year to release this episode. But next month, it is going to be two years since Evelyn's remains were found in Sullivan County. So with it being close to the two-year mark, things are moving forward in the case, I wanted to go ahead and start sharing Evelyn's story now. There are so many big things happening with Evelyn's case that I didn't want to postpone getting this episode out there any longer. On February 19th, 2020, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigations launched a nationwide child Amber Alert for 15-month-old Evelyn May Boswell, who was missing from Sullivan County in Bluntville. Evelyn's biological grandfather, Tommy Boswell, was the one who made the call to CPS, letting them know that he had not seen his granddaughter Evelyn in almost two months, which is a highly unusual situation according to him. Evelyn's mother, Megan Boswell, gave birth to Evelyn when she was just 17 years old. And before I go any further, I want to clear up a little bit of information about Megan's name. Because in her hometown, she's well known as Maggie. And to the public, she's known as Maggie and Megan. According to the person that is very close to Megan that I worked with, she started going by the name Maggie as a kid because at the time, her best friend's name was Maddie. They wanted to be known as Maddie and Megan. Evelyn's biological father was not really in the picture too much. His name is Ethan Perry. He is originally from the area, but at the time of Evelyn's death, he was stationed at Fort Polk in Louisiana. From what I have gathered, Evelyn did not really spend much time with her father during her short life. When I asked those close to Evelyn what kind of mother Megan was to her, They stated that Megan was a good mom. She loved Evelyn very much. She was always attentive. Evelyn, she was always clean and she was fed. She was dressed nicely and she never went anywhere without Evelyn. But it all changed when she met her new boyfriend, Hunter Woods. I remember when the Amber Alert was issued for Evelyn. I was still living in South Dakota at the time and it was just four days before the release of our very first episode on Crimeaholics. Evelyn's case was the first one we had ever followed closely in our Facebook group as well. When children go missing, it tends to capture the eye of the media and the public really quickly. But it seemed as though Evelyn happened to catch the media and the public way quicker than most missing children. And the reason why is because the media made it very clear that she had not been seen by her family members in two months and there was a high possibility that it may have even been longer But there was so many mixed stories and information and conflicting information that in the beginning, it was hard to be able to narrow down an exact timeline of when she went missing. According to those closest to Evelyn, the last time that they physically seen her alive was at their best friend Maddie's balloon release on November 30th, 2019. Unfortunately, Megan's best friend Maddie that I mentioned prior briefly 
had lost her life prior to Evelyn's murder. All of Maddie's friends and family gathered at the balloon release to remember her life, and Evelyn attended with her mother, Megan. However, Megan's Facebook page revealed that in very early December, she had taken Evelyn to see Christmas lights, and at this event is when Evelyn was last ever seen alive. I asked what Megan would tell them about Evelyn's whereabouts during that two-month time frame. They told me that she would say that Evelyn was with her grandmother, Angela, that she was with a babysitter, or that she was with her dad, Ethan Perry, down in Louisiana for the holidays. Nobody really questioned this too hard because just prior to this, Megan was a loving, doting mother. So what reason would they have to question it? They were all shocked to see an Amber Alert was released for Evelyn but it left heavy knots in their stomach finding out that she had been missing for two whole months when they thought this entire time she was alive and doing very well. It would be just two days later that the TBI would put out information that was linked to Evelyn on February 21st. The TBI spoke with Megan, who tells them that her daughter Evelyn has been with a babysitter in Mendota, Virginia, at a campground that is known as a big gypsy community. Megan and her family were considered gypsies, and they were very heavily active within the gypsy community. She goes on to further tell the TBI that Angela, her mother, and her boyfriend, William McCloud, were headed to the campground to check on Evelyn, but there was even a possibility that Evelyn was with Angela and William in a car that they had supposedly stolen from her boyfriend, Hunter Woods. During this time, Megan did an interview with her local news station and tells them that she knew this entire time who took Evelyn and where she was, but she was too afraid to alert the authorities to get her back because she was afraid that they would try to run and take off with her. Another reason why I believe this became so highly profiled is because it seemed to mimic the disappearance of Kaylee Anthony so well, right down to her being taken by the babysitter and being missing for a prolonged period of time. Those closest to Evelyn have even said that they feel as though Megan had studied up on the Casey Anthony case and gave them all these excuses and all these different stories just like Casey Anthony did. While I fully believe that everyone handles things differently, Megan's demeanor just seemed off in all of these interviews for somebody whose baby has not been seen in two months. I touched on Megan's demeanor with them and asked, since they know Megan best, would you say that her demeanor was off? They stated that they could tell from the first few words that she uttered from her mouth she was lying. They said that the way she was talking was very cold and very emotionless and that was not the Megan that they knew just two months ago when it came to her daughter Evelyn. Not long after Megan gives the information to the TBI about the campground in Mendota, they release a bolo for a 2007 gray BMW with a Tennessee license plate and tells the public that they are looking for this car in connection to Evelyn. Just a few hours after the bolo is released, the car was found in Wilkes County, North Carolina, with both Angela and William in the car, but Evelyn was nowhere to be found. However, Angela and William both were arrested for $2,000 in theft. As Megan was being questioned, she stuck to her story that her daughter was in Mendota at this campground. Rumors spread rather quickly that the Sullivan County Sheriff's Office and the TBI were headed to this campground to look for Evelyn, but the rumor happened to be false. The Sullivan County Sheriff's Office did ask the U.S. Marshals and the Washington County Sheriff's Department to check the campgrounds in Mendota for Evelyn. Not long after these campgrounds were investigated and Evelyn was nowhere to be found, Megan gets arrested and is charged with false reporting and her bond was set at $25,000. 
On the 26th of February, Sullivan County Sheriff's Department held a press conference on Megan's arrest, and they told the public that every single time they spoke with Megan, her story changed and she was giving conflicting information nonstop. Megan, at one point, was even asked by them to take a polygraph, but declined and said she couldn't because she was pregnant, which was news to her friends and family because she had never mentioned one time that she was pregnant. And for those of you that may not be aware, you cannot take a polygraph test while you are pregnant. Seems to be a little bit of a coincidence, if you ask me. With Megan, Angela, and William all in police custody, the search for Evelyn would continue and leads were flooding in, but nothing was credible or leading them any closer to finding her. After sitting and speaking with those closest to Megan and Evelyn, they took me around the small community where Megan and Evelyn lived. The small area they lived in is basically a holler and everyone knows everyone. As I drove with them around the area, they said that they had felt like during this time, it was as if they were in some sort of dream and none of it felt real. What was once a quiet area that nobody ever really frequented was now a media circus. There was media vans everywhere trying to get the first bit of information that they could and law enforcement was on every street. Not only was the media and law enforcement flooding the area, but the story had brought tons of people to the area who weren't even local. They said they waited around for days for answers of her whereabouts, but the only thing that was turning up was more empty leads and they started to feel like they were losing hope that this baby girl was ever going to be able to come home alive. When the first few leads were turning up empty, the TBI was very quick to call Evelyn's father, Ethan, who said it had been some time since he had even seen Evelyn and that he absolutely did not have her. While Megan was sitting in jail on false reporting charges, the police turned to questioning Megan's boyfriend, Hunter, who was local to the area as well. Hunter Woods and his family were a well-known wealthy family in the area. Hunter states to law enforcement that he met Megan when she applied for a job at his chicken restaurant that he owned there in town. He told law enforcement that he and Megan had only been seeing each other for a few weeks and that he never even once saw Evelyn and that Megan told him that she and the baby's father had split custody and she was with him for the holidays. He told law enforcement, who am I to question that and dig into it when me and her aren't even serious. Although Hunter is telling law enforcement that his and Megan's relationship isn't even serious, her friends and family said otherwise. Megan had even spent Christmas with him and his family. Not only did they feel their relationship was more than just a friendship type of thing or maybe even a friends with benefits, they stated that Hunter quickly became abusive and controlling towards Megan. However, as the police looked into Hunter more, they were not able to connect Hunter to Evelyn's disappearance. Although looking into Hunter brought them to just another dead end, at the same time that they were looking into him, a tip had led them to a pond there in Wilkes County. That is the place where Angela and William McCloud were arrested. It turns out that Angela and William were in Wilkes County because that is where William's grandmother lives and he and Angela happened to go there the day of their arrest to ask if he and Angela could borrow some money for unknown reasons. When William finds out that law enforcement is going to be searching this pond area, he quickly offers up his DNA. He says he'll do a polygraph test and he states multiple times that he had only seen Evelyn two times while dating Megan's mother, Angela, which makes sense because Megan and Angela had a really strained relationship and the two of them were not very close at all. The reason that William was so quick to offer all this is because it turns out that the pond was located on a property that belonged to William's family member. After law enforcement investigates this lead and they search the pond, they look around the property, they would only be left with yet another dead end. 
While Evelyn was still alive, her and her mother, Megan, resided in a trailer park that was owned by the Boswell family. On February 28th, the authorities went to the trailer where Megan had lived prior with Evelyn and told the current tenant that they would need to search the home as something has led them there in connection with Evelyn Boswell. While searching the trailer, they dug underneath the trailer and what they found was a pillow that had been buried slightly in the dirt. What exactly this pillow had to do with Evelyn is still unknown at this time. I was able to go over to the Boswell family trailer park to the trailer where they used to live and over to the trailer that they were currently living in at the time of Megan's arrest. Let me just say that it was by far one of the most eerie feelings I have ever encountered. When we went to the home where she lived at the time of her arrest, it was literally as if time had stood still. Megan's car was still in the driveway and baby Evelyn's car seat was still in the back seat of the car. And at this point, it had been a year and a half since Evelyn's death. Very sadly, a few days later on March 6, 2020, the remains of 15-month-old Evelyn Boswell were found inside of a storage shed on the property of her grandfather, Tommy Boswell. On March 11th, the remains were positively identified as Evelyn and her autopsy was sealed. Evelyn's cause of death is currently unknown to the public. However, Megan Boswell was charged with 19 different counts and of those, two of them were counts for felony murder. I was given so much more information by those closest to Evelyn that I cannot wait to be able to share with you guys once Megan's trial starts in September of this year. Losing this sweet little girl has made a lasting impact on everybody that knew her personally. When I spent the day out there in Bluntville with them, there was just this overwhelming feeling of heartbreak and sadness in what was once a small, quiet, tight-knit community. They gave me the opportunity to go over to the property where Evelyn was found and There just is not enough words to properly explain the emotions I felt being there. Knowing that such a young child had their life taken at the hands of their own mother and being right there in the place where everything happened is a feeling that I'll never be able to forget. If Evelyn's story had left this much of an impact on me and I never even got to know her personally, I wanted to know how those closest to her were feeling and how they were dealing with the entire situation in the aftermath. While they were feeling extremely heartbroken and felt hopeless, some of them were able to make a positive out of her death. Not long after it was announced that Evelyn was missing and finding out that no one had seen her in almost two months and never reported her missing, two brave and courageous girls beat the odds and decided that they wanted to make a change for other kids in Tennessee in Evelyn's honor. The two started a petition to get a law in Tennessee started stating that a parent has 24 to 72 hours to report their child missing or they will be held criminally responsible. In July of 2021, the dream became a reality when Governor Bill Haslam signed in Evelyn's law. The girls are now pushing for this to hopefully one day become a federal law and not just a state law. There is no other state in the country who has a law like Evelyn's. The only state that actually has something similar to Evelyn's law is Florida, who carries Kaylee's law from the murder of Kaylee Anthony. I have been working with one of the girls and trying to help get this done, but this is not going to happen unless we get a lot of help from the public. In order to make this happen, a large number of signatures are going to be needed on a petition for this to get done. So I am asking for y'all's help and asking that every one of you that is listening to this 
takes a few minutes out of your day to sign the petition, which you can find this petition on each one of our social media pages. So let's help make Evelyn's Law become a nationwide law. Children deserve so much better than what they are getting now, and we want to help make this happen. If you have not already, I highly encourage you to join our Crimeaholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. I will have multiple photos of Evelyn and Megan. I will have photos that I took that day I was out there in Blundville. And also, again, you will be able to find the link for the petition. I cannot put into words how important it is for this law to become a nationwide thing. There are so many situations, just like Evelyn, where these kids are not being reported missing for long periods of time. So let's band together one more time and try to help make a change. Crimeaholics, as always, be aware and take care. 